Good evening, everyone. I hope everyone's having a great morning, great afternoon, great evening, wherever you are on our big, beautiful blue planet. I say this, God, I've been saying this for over 22 years now. Uh, there's nowhere else I want to be but right here on Wednesday night. I love being here. <clears throat> we have a great audience. We have a wonderful worldwide audience mixed up of all kind of great people uh, with different types of knowledge. I, I just I just love being here. It's, it's just a lot of fun. Um, I get to talk to a lot of interesting people. I get lots of good questions. Speaking of that, I haven't opened up my email yet, but I will. Don't forget, there are eight chat rooms you can visit us on. Let's see. There are four Facebooks, two YouTubes, um, a LinkedIn, and somebody. And wait, four, four Facebooks, two LinkedIn, and one LinkedIn, two YouTubes. Oh, and hell, there's somebody else besides that I'm forgetting for some reason. But um, I'll, when I look at them and, and see, I'll actually tell you who they are. But uh, you can check us out on all of those pages. Yes, we added LinkedIn a few months back. It's a lot of fun. We're going to be adding Twitter. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, we already have Twitter. Uh, we're going to be adding TikTok at request of a lot of our regular listeners asked me if we could put it on TikTok. Not as easy as it is to add to other venues, by the way. So, hey, look, TikTokers, if you're out there listening, if you're one of the people who have one of the venues out there, hey, look, pay attention. We want to add you to our live lineup, and there's got to be a way. I mean, I have enough listeners or viewers there. Uh, to go live. And I notice when I do go live, we get a nice audience, but trying to tie it into this system has not been exactly the easiest thing I have had to do. Uh, but I want to welcome everyone who's tuning in tonight. We've got a lot of stuff to cross tonight. And um, one of the subject matters is basically, why did the government, I wanted to talk about this when it first came out, but I was busy with other things. We were wrapping up two, two sets of condos um, from Hurricane Ida. Uh, my other company was wrapping up, so we were just getting through it, all of that. I had a bunch of other stuff going on besides that. So I, I really didn't have the time to sit down and, and go over what I wanted to look at, the research that I really, truly wanted to look at. Um, I mean, I know a lot of this stuff by heart, but still, if I'm going to get into it like I'm getting into it tonight, I really want to make sure, um, yes, I'm dotting my I's and crossing my T's, as one of our listeners just said. From Missouri, no less. Oh, did I say that right? Oh, I know. Well, how did I figure that out? But anyway... You know, I got a lot of friends in the government and the military over the years. I mean, I've been doing this for 40 years. Uh, I do. I have a lot of friends in the government. I have a lot of friends in the military. And because I have such a high security clearance, I, I am pervy to a lot of information that they'll, they'll tell me because they know it's safe. I mean, you know, the FBI does a background check on me every four years. They don't find anything wrong with it because I'm not breaking any laws and I'm not, you know, giving any government secrets out and I'm not going to. Uh, and I've proved that over and over just by looking at my record. And you can listen to everything I've done. I mean, I'm an open book. Uh, there's, well, 22 years of me on the radio. I mean, we're talking countless hours of radio. And so just 22 hours, one hour a year for 22 years now. A lot more than that. I think on Wake Up USA, it was close to 1,500 hours. It was, uh, no, no, I'm sorry. It was 500 hours. I apologize. Wrong show. And then uh, we did some other stuff, but it's, see, people don't realize I do UFO on the cover. I think UFO on the cover is probably, uh, I don't know, UFO on the cover is probably about 5,000 hours, maybe 6,000 hours with regular shows and specials. And, you know, so, and then with the Wake Up UAs, it's like I said, it's, it's about 6,500 plus some other stuff, about 7,000. So in the UFO field, I have about ten to 12,000 hours. But I don't do just UFO. I, I do other sciences. We do politics. Uh, we get into quite a few other venues. So if you add in everything I have personally done, you would be amazed how many hours I personally have on a lot. 
Uh, so like I said, I'm an open book. You can go listen. I've coined a lot of stuff that's in the field these days, uh, both in paranormal and ufology. It just aggravates people. So they try to take credit for like the blood type study. I have watched, you know, thank God I came out with it 12 years before the first time anybody ever said anything. And the websites don't lie. Anybody can check the website and see how long it's been on our websites. So yes, we're the ones that brought it in. We're the ones that brought in the blood type study. We're the ones that brought in the gray reptilian human questionnaires. We're the ones that did all of that. The downloads and all that, that, that comes directly from ICAR. Uh, a lot of what you hear and feel, and you can go back and backtrack to when certain ufologists were on Wake Up USA. So this is 20 years ago, and none of this stuff was being talked about then because it was taboo. Most of the, the people I brought on, because remember, the name of the show was Wake Up USA UFO Study. They weren't there to talk alien abduction. They were there to talk about UFOs and stuff related to UFOs. Unfortunately for them, I was there to talk about people making contact. That's the reason I got into the field. UFOs are great, but UFOs are never going to prove shit. Uh, you have to have an alien. You have to physically be talking to an alien, or you're not. I mean, you. And today, today, most UFOs that are reported are drones. It, drones and drones and digital cameras have allowed for so many fake UFOs that it's, it's just, and really good ones. But it's, first rule when it comes to this: if it's too good to be true, it's probably not true. The only downside to digital is. So if I go out in my yard and take a picture, like just a yard or like the bayou behind my house, right? In the setting sun. And I bring it into my house and I load it on my computer and I slide in, not crop, but slide in a UFO. There's no grayscale, none of those pixels. And then I download it back to my phone as one picture. And then I upload it to another computer. As far as anybody knows, that was taken from my phone. And there's no way to tell a difference that it's not. And they could be fabulous. And it's really easy to fake them. That's why we tell people, if you're going to be a ufologist, you're going to be a UFO hunter, uh, like a lot of people in the field claim to be, first rule, analog cameras. You want to have digital, which is because you need that extra high def. So you want to have those analog cameras, but you want to have both high def, a good Kodak, maybe a 400, 800, maybe an 800 film. <clears throat> or just, you can buy store-bought Kodaks with 400 high-speed film in them. It's great for this kind of stuff. You can get stuff enhanced for night. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do and have an analog. You can also get, so like my video recorders, I have one that's analog. It's actually, uh, this one, I got one really good one that records to its built-in 80 gig hard drive on the camera. So it goes to there or a scan disk card. But I got another one that actually records to high A tape. So recording with both of them makes it almost virtually impossible to hoax this. Because uh, one of the two cameras would show it up, or it, it just makes it a lot harder. It, it makes proof easier for me and debunkers harder for them. So, um, and you want to take these, you always want to remember get things in the picture other than the UFO. We need to be able to know height, size, distance, and you need to have other things. So, if you've seen some of the ones that Sci Fi has put up back in the day that I posted, Sci Fi used about a dozen of my videos over the years. And uh, you'll see one particular one. You can hear me talking. I get out of my car. I'm talking to my wife. I had seen something weird off to the left and it was hovering and it didn't start hovering and it started going down. So I zipped up to a place to park on the beach and I got out. And by the time I got out of my car and got my camera, it had disappeared behind the trees. I was like, well, I don't know the hell that was. That just pissed me off. So I'm getting ready to get back in my car and I look out and I see this light sitting in the horizon, straight out over the Gulf of Mexico, right at the horizon. So it's, it's to, on this particular day, the cloud deck was 5,000 feet. And you can check the cloud deck on any weather, any weather place, and you can find out what the cloud deck is wherever you're at. It's not real hard to do. On this particular day, the cloud deck was 5,000 feet. This was sitting straight on the horizon right where 
the like the water meets the sky, it was sitting right there. So you could see it was about right above it. Just uh, for for me, it looked like about an inch. It was it was probably a hundred feet or so, or maybe five hundred feet. But regardless, you could see it out there, just sitting there. It wasn't moving. wasn't coming towards me. It wasn't moving any other way. It was just sitting there. And uh, and it sat there. And I was videotaping, and I zoomed in on when I zoomed in onto it. It looked much different in the zoom than it did. So when you were sitting out looking at it, it was like two lights. Kind of looked like car lights, but obviously it wasn't because it was over the Gulf of Mexico. Matter of fact, one of the guys on Sci-Fi tried to say that's what it was, and the girl started laughing. He's like, that's a good explanation. He said, you do know that's the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. There's no cars out there, right? So he was embarrassed, but it was true. So you'll also see in these shots, you'll see like telephone lines and distances and clouds and the sun and the, the Gulf itself. You'll see other things out in the sky that will actually fly and move around. You'll see boats. So I'm getting everything in this I can, so I can judge height and, height and distance. So judging from where it was, we knew it was about 2,500 feet above, uh, above. Originally it was around 2,500 feet because of where it was sitting. It was sitting at the break and it was out where it was and the cloud deck was 5,000 feet and it was sitting in the middle. But then it dropped down. It just kind of just softly floated down, just a steady, small, slow rate, you know, maybe a foot, foot every 10 or 20 seconds. And then it seemed like it stopped around 500 feet, approximately 500 feet. Now, this thing's now, you know, it's big because it's at least seven miles out. It's between seven and 10 miles because the horizon is at 10 miles and it's really almost in the preference. Pre sorry, the prefaces of the horizon. So um, we're figuring seven, seven and a half, maybe eight miles out. So, so being able to see this thing the way you knew, you knew it was pretty big because if you look at a tanker, you know, like a 300 yard tanker out in the Gulf of Mexico at about 10 miles, it looks like it's about that big. This thing looked like it was about this big. So it was actually pretty big, whatever it was. So we, we sat there, we watched it for a while. You know, and then it, it kind of started moving like towards us in a forward motion direction. You can see it, it just kind of moving, not real fast, just kind of moving along. Uh, so while it's going, I had Linda film and I get on the, I get on my computer and I have airport monitor on my computer and I have JTRAC on my computer. Well, so I can track stuff in real life. I can track satellites. Yes, satellites. And I can track air traffic in real time. So airport monitor, what it allows you to do is it keeps up to one year in back data, but it also is in live time. So you can track all the flights in the United States, for that matter, most of the world um, in live time. You can see what flight it is, where it's taking off, where it's going to, if it's military, if it's a helicopter, if it's, a, it's just great. You can tell, tells you what type of jet it is, what the flight number is, the whole nine yards. The thing is fabulous. Um, so, I look on it, there's nothing, nowhere around this area. And you have to remember, Eglin Air Force Base is straight out from where this thing is. So that's, that's why at first I just thought maybe it was a big C-1 or something coming in. Um, but it wasn't. So, you know, we know that we don't see anything. We see other planes coming in on angles coming into the airport. but uh, And those are on the film. You can see them going by, but they're just typical airplanes. And they act like typical airplanes do with their little green and red flashing lights. And, you know, the way they come down on approach and they're – and as the afternoon got on, it got a little darker, so they, they started using their headlights. And uh, so you could see all that. I mean, there's no, no doubt what you were looking at was airplanes. So that was another good thing that was in this video because you could tell the difference between whatever this thing was and an airplane. Uh, so And it's still it's been about 20 minutes at this point, maybe 30 minutes, and we're still watching it. So I pull up I pull up J-Track, nothing on J-Track, nothing. 
There is there is no satellites anywhere coming anywhere in that area. So I went back to, to airport monitor just to double check, and there's nothing. So at this point, you know, I called um, Keesley Air Force Base and said we had a, a unidentified bogey out in this area. And the guy started laughing, and I said, well, can you put me through to the tower? I just want to make sure y- y'all have this thing because it's not showing up on my airport monitor. And the guy says, oh, you're tracking it. I said, yeah, it's in real time. He said, okay. So he sent me to the tower. I told the tower, the guy asked me, so on the thing, you can move it to where you can see the coordinates or estimated coordinates. So I give it to him. He said, there's nothing there, anything. And I said, well, I got a video of it. I mean, I'm watching it in live time. He said, really? He said, not a ship. I said, no, it's too high up to be a ship. So when we originally started watching it, it was half the distance of the cloud deck. He said around 2,500 feet. So even he knew. So we're both thinking, what the hell is this thing? You know, so then while we're talking, Biloxi Police PD calls in and asks them if it's one of theirs. While I'm on the phone with this guy, he's, he's actually telling me about what the cops are asking him, which is just weird. So while he's got, he's got me on hold, I'm listening. Uh, I call the Biloxi, uh, the Biloxi Gulfport International Airport and say, Hey, I'm on with, in, with the, um, CB, I'm not with the CBs, with the, um, Keesley Air Force people. And we're trying to find something. Uh, we see something out, out in the Gulf and, you know, hovering around 2,500 feet. We're trying to figure out where, whose it is. Is it y'all's? And he said, "Help me send you the tower." Tower comes back. He said, "We have nothing there. There is nothing." There. He said, "Nothing at all. There's no planes there, at all." But yet, you can clearly see this. And what's so great about this is you can hear me talking in the background. You can look at the videos. You can you can hear me talking about the J track and the airport monsters. And this is the correct way to chase UFOs. If you're going to do UFO hunting, this is the way to do it because then you're eliminating everything else anybody could say. Oh, it's natural phenomena. Oh, it's weather. No, we already ruled those two out. Now we ruled out that it wasn't military. We ruled that it wasn't commercial. There were no jets or helicopters of any kind flying anywhere. We ruled out that it wasn't any type of satellite system. We ruled out that, we matter of fact, we checked with Gulfport Harbor Control to see if there's any ships in there. He said there wasn't any, nothing scheduled to be with an eyesight for two days. So we ruled out anything else it could be. This had to be uh, something extraordinary. So we watched it for about another half hour and then it just started to sink. And it disappeared into the water and was gone. You could even see for a little while what looked like a glow coming up out of the water. And then it just disappeared. It's a great video. Sci-fi loved it. Everybody who's seen it loved it. It's, it's, it's up on one of my Facebook pages. It's been up for God, like 10 years. So no telling where it's at. Um, and we have so much data now. I'm going to find it and repost it. But <clears throat> it's just a great video. But if you're going to do UFOs, this is the way you do it. UFO, you'll never hear MUFON talk about stuff like this because... They don't really have these kind of skills. Uh, the new fund just tells you to run out and do stupid. Oh, get a, get a camera, do this, do that. Oh, yeah. No, it's not how you track a UFO. And you need, matter of fact, uh, I'm the one who brought it up with James Carrion. And um, uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't think of uh, Looney Miller, whatever the, the guy after James was, that this is the way ufology should be taught, that you should always have X amount of things in it. And MUFON actually adopted that. So they actually do listen sometimes. But, um, it, that was uh, I got into it with him about it because it was just ignorant. Because I had asked, what I had asked, why? Oh, I actually had asked John Schuessler, uh, what did he, what was MUFON's claim to fame? What have they done in the 30 years they had been existed? He said, Well, we've kind of proved that UFOs might exist. I mean, unidentified flying objects, Jesus, my dog could have done that. <sighs> no, I mean, what is it? Do you think it proves extraterrestrial life? And he wouldn't answer me. So then I called him 
invited him on my show, Wake Up USA, and asked him on the show, John, do you think that MUFON has approved the existence of extraterrestrials? He was pissed. Because um, I did kind of slap him with it, but he needed to be put on a spot because he went in. He wasn't director of MUFON at the time. He hadn't been for quite some time. I mean, he took over after uh, Walt Anders retired. When Walt retired, Walt joined ICAR. He actually did that on air for the whole world to hear him, which was very nice of him. He didn't have to. Uh, Walt handled my wife and I's case back. Oh, shit. It's my son's 37, 36 years ago, 35, 36 years ago. It's, uh, and we had been with them for a couple of years before that. Well, to answer, Glenda, I'm going to answer your question real quick, and then we're going to get into what we're talking about. So, I've talked about this on air a few times. For me, it was weird. Uh, when I was young, I heard about UFOs. I was big into sci-fi. I, you know, I remember um, the Pascagoula case. And I remember right after Pascagoula, the government started launching off these weird pink and green and blue clouds trying to attract UFOs. I'm not kidding. This is real. You can check into it for yourself. And, of course, none of this worked. But this was right after the Pascagoula case. So, you know, I found that interesting. But I was, I don't know, what was I? 14 or something, 12. I might have not even that. I might have been 11 or 12. Um, wasn't really into that. Wasn't really thinking about it. Life goes on. I decided to join the Navy at 17 because my dad had died. And I was just pissed off at the world. Um, so I said, you know what? I went and took the, the AVs test, dad's, dad's Evans test, and um, scored like a 98. It was unreasonably, ungodly high. And uh, I was, matter of fact, I was mad when I took it. <laughs> Maybe that's why I scored so high on it. I don't know. But they pretty much told me I could do anything I wanted. It was only one or two parts of the nuclear field I couldn't get into, but everything else was open to me in the Navy. I said, well, that's great. I'd like to take electronics and stuff like that and avionics and things like that. So they put me in an in a, a avionics electronics class, which was great. It was just what I was looking for, man. So I got to learn a lot about stuff, how things work, how planes work. Do you know one of the courses in all of that is aircraft recognition? As far as I know, I am the only official ufologist that has actually taken a government class on aircraft recognition. But all the rest of them call themselves ufologists. Really? Give me a skin break, people. I mean, some things are basic. You know, if you can't ident identify what's an airplane and what's not, um, you got issues because NASA is sneaky bastards. So out here at Stennis, they will put stuff up in the sky, weird stuff. And you can see it's weird, but they'll stick a green and red light on each end of it, making you think, it's just an ordinary aircraft. And Jen, no, Jen, they've been busted for this. Oh, yeah, they got in trouble for this. The, <laughs> no, they got in trouble from the FFA, FAA. They got, so I don't know who reported them. It wasn't NASA, but somebody reported them and they got in trouble for it. Uh, they said, oh, some, um, some plane was coming by and saw one of these things. They knew it was some type of, it wasn't anything, it was alien. They knew it was some kind of human technology, but it was unregistered, and they're not allowed to fly them kind of lights when they're unregistered. They're supposed to have markings all the time anyway. So there was a big hubbub about it. That's how we all found out about it. For, that's how we were able to authenticate it, I guess, is a better way of saying it. But there's a lot of funky stuff goes on, and planes, conventional airplanes move in a certain way. <clears throat> and there's certain flight routes. There's certain altitudes they're going to use when they're going different places. It's not that hard, even with their running lights off, to tell it's a conventional plane. 
it's not really it's not you can tell the difference between a plane and a helicopter they move differently even even at high altitude well helicopters really don't go that high but um you can really tell the difference and, and of course military jets are moving at a much faster pace uh they in, in as they approach they sound much differently they're much louder they have a much meaner sound like i'm coming to f your world up that's they're designed to sound that way by the way no them jets can be way quieter y'all didn't know that oh no the jets can be way quieter uh, have y'all ever heard of an F-117? Them bitches are quiet. They'll fly over your house. You'll never, I've seen them. They'll fly over your house and you won't even know they're there. They are quiet, quiet. They have mufflers on them. Uh, but no, these F-18s and yeah, especially the old F-14s and Phantoms, they wanted you to know we're coming for you. Oh yeah, it was part of it. Uh, you're going to die. Yeah, scared of a Jesus out of them. That's the whole point. Uh, you know, it's like when they used to play loud music and shit. It's distracting too. Actually, a lot of this stuff is still used even today. I didn't know that, did you? Yeah, a lot of this stuff is still used, but nothing we're talking about tonight. So we're, we're, we're not heading. We're not heading in that general direction. Um. Oh, we do have some new hosts will be coming on the network in the near future. Um, matter of fact, Emily will. Um, how do you say it? Men's house, men's house. I'm gonna have to ask how you pr- correct pronounce pronounce her name. Damn, I can't even speak tonight. Um, she'll be joining us Friday night, hanging out. Um. But no, we've we've retired a few hosts, and a couple of hosts retired on their own. But uh, I think there's four or five altogether that we're going to be replacing. And starting January first, the station will be opening up its daytime slots. Yeah, so stuff for y'all to think about. You know, nothing we're going to talk about tonight, but stuff for y'all to think about. Yes. What do you mean? How how do I defend myself from that? You mean from the alien menace? Oh, I got just a thing for the alien menace. See. Yeah. The alien menace is not what I approach, Joe, because Joe will. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, it's called the probe stick. <laughs> it's an alien probe stick. That's what you call it. Yes. It's. Um, we're going to actually be giving one away later tonight. Oh, yes. We're going to be giving away a lightsaber tonight. Mm-hmm. No, we already gave away Kyle Renz. We gave away Kyle Renz. We've given away Roz. We've given away. Uh, Master Windows, we've given away um, Qui Gon Jins. Oh, no, you mean Obi Wan? We're giving away two Obi Wans, we're giving away the new Obi Wan and the old Obi Wan. Yes, we're giving them both away. Along with, I don't know if you can see him back there, but Fear is right here. I'll move the camera a little while so you can see it. We're gonna be giving away some books tonight as well as the show goes on. But anyway, getting back to what we were talking about. If you're going to really get into UFOs and stuff, and, and see, this is the government right now. It's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah, okay, bullshit. Uh, I'm calling bullshit on the government, but we're going to be back to that in a minute. But if you're going to be one of these people who want to get out there and help the government or help yourself or whoever, do it right. Make sure you have the right kind of cameras. And I'm telling you, make sure you have analog and digital. And if you can afford it both in cameras and in video recorders. Most video recorders you can use as a camera anyway. Um, but you want a store bar... The reason it's so important to have like a Kodak storyboard camera, uh, one, it's hard to screw with grayscale on picture for pixelation and stuff like that. But more importantly, you're not developing the film. A company's developing the film. Um, you can have it done right there in front of them if you want. I've done it more than once. I made sure they developed it right there so I could watch it process. And there's a lot of places you can sit there and watch it process. And I would pick a place like that. That way nobody's screwing with your film. And you can videotape the whole thing. So it gives you even more credibility on the film. So you know for a fact after watching this, 
there has been nobody screwing with the film. So the only other way you could hoax it then would be with some type of props. And usually digital can show you the difference. So can grayscale on that as well. Uh, there's just, if you do it this way, you're, you're just lending to more credibility to your efforts and proving whatever you saw was not of this world, I guess is the best way to say it. What's that, Jackie? Um, oh, no, no tie tonight. Yes, uh, no, no tie tonight. No. Just, just, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, no, no, no tie tonight. No. I, I usually do wear a tie. Uh, and I was going to wear um, either a gold one or a purple one that goes with the shirt. But no, not tonight. I'll just let it all hang out. Yeah. And well, if the camera was down, you could see more, but it's just facing up here now. Uh, <laughs> Renee, real question. So when it comes to why the government all of a sudden did this, out of the blue. Well, the government needed to refocus the international attention back on America. And what I mean by that is there was like France had put out a video. Mexico had put out a video. Spain had put out a video. The UK was about to put out a video. Somebody else had put out a video. And these were all of what they like to call yaps, unidentified aerial phenomena, uh, which is the same thing as UFO, unidentified flying objects. It's just, it's more up to date. It's more modern. I don't really care which one you use. It both means the same thing. Unidentified aerial phenomena, unidentified flying object. Either way, it's it's something flying around the sky that we can't identify. Well, you, UA, UAP is not the best way because unidentified aerial phenomena isn't doesn't necessarily mean it's a craft of any kind. When you usually say undefined flying object, it suggests something different. The other one is a little bit different, meaning that it could be maybe it's a wild duck that we couldn't tell was a duck <clears throat> or a flying condor that we thought was a UFO, things like that, or more paranormal being. I don't think there's any paranormal when it comes to ufology. Ufology is exactly what it is. I, I'm not, okay, <clears throat> before I get people writing me five million letters, I do believe that there are some paranormal events that happen to people who have regular contact, but paranormal is a bad word for two reasons. One, it's not para to these people. It's normal. Okay. There is no difference to them. It's everyday life for them. So it's not a paranormal event. It's a normal event for these people. This contact is normal. These things that go on are just part of their everyday life and have been for a lot of these people for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. So calling it paranormal is, 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 is just kind of rude. And secondly, poltergeist activity suggest a high energy activity. It doesn't mean that it's demons or gods or any of that thing. Uh, like in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, you see, remember all the stuff moving around the house and making noises and bumping into people and stuff? You remember all the toys when it when it did that? So a lot of people would say that was a paranormal event, but it really wasn't paranormal. the fact that the ufology, the people, the energy from the ship is what caused it. Not any ghosts or demons or any of that stuff. So I'm, you know, I just, I just want to cl clarify the difference because for some people, okay, Whitney, all right, smarty pants. Um, sorry, I was just responding to somebody else, but yes. Well, I just, I just want people to understand there's a difference. That's all, and uh, that that it's not necessarily demon or alien. I mean, demon or ghosty when it's simply a reaction to the craft itself. We know that in a lot of cases that UFO, when there's UFOs around, there is 
lots of things that go on. Watches run backwards. Uh, digital watches do all kind of weird stuff that just die. Uh, cars will turn on and off. Lights will start flashing. So we know the craft itself has some kind of interaction with any kind of electric or electronic or digital anything around it. It just tends to have, uh, um, it just tends to have an interaction with it. So, but paranormal people want you to believe that it's some kind of demon being brought out by the aliens. Really? Why? I mean, why? Why is it that we got to go there? I don't understand that. What, what is it? And see, that just makes more people look at it like, oh, no, that's bullshit. It, well, that's how people look at it. You know, you got to fight your battles. It's like you got to win one at a time. You can't try to get them all at once because it's not going to happen. Uh, if you don't realize what I'm talking about, look at medical marijuana or look at marijuana in the United States today versus just 10 years ago. Okay. They didn't try to do it all at one time. They tried one little baby step at a time. Oh, let's get it. Let's get it for people who are dying. Oh, let's get it for people who it can help them feel better and, and be better and, and do better. And then, oh, you know what? It's such a good thing. Let's make it recreational. But if they would have tried it the other way, it would still be completely illegal across the whole entire United States. Well, it's the same thing with this field. If you try to jam everything in this field from God to demons to everything else, people are just going to discount it. They're going to look at you like you're stupid. And it, it, even if it's true, they're still going to look at you like you're stupid. They're going to be like, no, that can't be what's going on. No. And a lot of people don't believe in demons and stuff like that. You know, you, you can ask my, my friend, Michelle DeRoche, or you can ask quite a few, Christina, George, uh, any of my friends in a paranormal field, Chris, George, I'll tell you. Um, I came up with dimensional bleed through about 15 years ago. And um, I still don't get the credit I should for it, but. It just pisses you. It just pisses paranormal people off because they'll go on and on. I say, well, how come ghosts can't be dimensional bleed through? Why can't it be the next dimension over? We're just seeing someone from the, the, the next dimension. And the reason I say that is, is a couple of things. One, most of the time when people tell me they see dead relatives talking to them after they die, they usually describe them differently. Like they're wearing some weird clothes or their hair is different or their eyes. Or something's just a little bit off. Well, you know, you're so distraught when you lose someone that 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 stress, especially if you're telepathic or psychic or empathic, that stress will allow you to either probably, make, and especially if you live anywhere where the veil is thin, you can cross that damn veil. You could be laying in that bed, in that same bed on the next dimension over, looking at your dad or your mom, whoever passed away, and be having a conversation with them, just a normal everyday conversation, and you're freaked out because they're dead, but they're not freaked out because they're not dead. They're still alive. They're just in a, just in an alternate dimension. So the reason I bring these kind of things up is I, I don't, we, we, we sometimes put too much shit into the paranormal group. The paranormal people got enough stuff to deal with without just adding crap on top of it. And when it comes to ghosties, I just have a hard time thinking there are that many dead people floating around. First off, I, I would think God would be like, what the f is this? And just, and I'm pretty sure Satan would be the same way. What the is this? No, we don't need all this deadness floating around and it can't be a good thing for us. I'm just saying, people. You don't have to believe me. This is not about belief. Well, you see, that's what I'm saying, Tim. I mean, sometimes there are what we would consider paranormal events. It's just we got to make sure when we call them paranormal that we're that it is something so... 
with the Greys especially, you will hear a lot of stuff like poltergeist. Uh, the Greys and the Reptilians, for some reason, um, you'll hear a lot of poltergeist activity with them. And then from time to time, you will hear people talk about like the black-eyed children or something that seems like it's across the veil or across the line, uh, for lack of a better way of saying it. And um, it's it's and it's and it could be paranormal, but in a lot of cases, I think it's not. And so it's making sure we get the right thing because – we want to distinguish between the two because we need to know for both fields. And if there is true crossover, we need to prove this true crossover and not speculate. And for some reason, you know, I got in this field a long time ago thinking that people were more, um, how can I say this nicely? Um, shit. I'm looking for the words to say this nice, but anyway, people were just, we're going to be more research based, you know, more factual. They were going to check themselves and, but come to find out, in either field, they are some lying, stinking, no good SOBs, man. And I mean, some really just people that shouldn't even be in the field. They're, they'll lie about anything just to get their next chance on TV or their next radio show or their next 5,000 people, whatever it is. And, and frankly, it just pisses me off. And I do sometimes take it upon myself to, to drag them people kicking and screaming into the life of the rest of the world to see them. But regardless, um, we as researchers and or as experiencers, we need to every piece of information we can get, uh, we need to bring that into being and see where it leads us. You know, one of the biggest things I tell to contactees all the time or abductees, keep a freaking journal with you all the time, not just next to your bed, but all the time. Because and no, do not keep it on your phone because phones are easy to wipe. Keep it on in a written book. You can keep it both ways if you want to, but write it down as well. Because I have noticed this about contactees especially. Once they start writing it down, you'll notice. They'll be writing in English, and slowly but surely, as they start to write over the next year or two, it turns into their own private language. Almost every one of them does this. And what's interesting about these languages is they look a lot like each other's language, like they saw a language really close to this somewhere, and they're copying the symbols. I find it really fascinating. Um, so obviously it's out there and you can see, you can watch in a progression of their, their daily writings to see how this happens. It's, it's, I find it fascinating actually. Uh, no, I'm not Spock smart ass. It's, um, but we just, we just need to be authenticating stuff. And right now the government is wanting us to do their work for them. Uh, they're like, look, we can't really prove this. We're having a hard time with this as it is. We're blowing each other up, uh, things like this. And well, I'm laughing. It's a, it's um, but it's it's. I just get flustered with it sometimes. I, I want the field to be better than it is. You know, it's not all about your last time on TV. It's not all about your last time on your last book you published. It's about the truth. Whatever it is, it's about the truth. And just try to be factual and try to do clean, real research, like we talked about. So ufology, real fast again. Uh, get yourself get yourself an analog and a digital camera, an analog and digital video camera if you can. Uh, if you can record on high 8 and like that and, and use Kodak film. And remember, buy, you don't have to go out and buy an expensive camera for the, the, for, the, um, for the film camera. Just go out and buy a Kodak instant camera. Not an instant camera, but you can get instant if you want, but uh, I'd go out and buy a Kodak camera. They even got Kodak cameras you can put lenses on. 
um, and use it. Because like I said, it's, it's concealed, it's closed, it's locked closed, it's film. You're going to have to take it to someone to have it developed. And you can videotape the whole process while it's being developed to prove nobody's tampered with the film. The, the deal is today, and right now we're in a better environment than we have been. So if you take these steps, you're likely to be taken much serious, much faster. And your information and your data is probably going to be pushed much serious because they, they can go through the steps. You can say, well, look, you know, I got these cameras. I did this. I, I checked my airport monitor. I checked my J track. I checked with the local authorities. You know, there was no airplanes, no boats, no planes, whatever, no nothing in the area at the time. You can rule out all of this stuff. So all you're left with is this weird anomaly in the sky. And then at least you can go, okay, and it's not nature because there's no, been nothing natural reported and it's not weather. So what does that leave? Well, it pretty much leaves something extraterrestrial. Or it puts you in a position that no one can argue with you that it's not extraterrestrial. Because if they say, well, it's a plane, nope, you already proved it's not a plane, it's not a boat. Nope, 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 it's not weather, it's not, not a fireball, it's not anything natural. You're running out of things here, buddy. So once they've exhausted it, you're only left with the obvious. And that is some type of extraterrestrial craft. So, you know, and like, again, you know, try to get stuff in the pictures, in the videos, uh, power lines, water, beaches, saying, I mean, anything that's in the area, you know, when you're panning, zoom in and out, zoom all the way in and all the way out. And as you zoom out, try to catch other stuff that is in the area on the film because it'll help us judge distance. So, I mean, if, if you're like a, get a, a pole next to you and the pole looks like it's 16 feet and you pan out, you know, that 16 feet would will virtually be invisible if it's like uh, four or five, well, even two miles out, three miles out. So, you know, this helps you to judge size of this thing. If you can see it at 10 miles, it's big. You know, it's big. Quarter mile, you know, maybe aircraft carrier size or bigger. It's something big. Um, so all of this stuff helps, you know, and it just helps it authenticate the case and also shows that as a researcher, you're taking the right steps. You're not just going, oh, well, it's an alien craft or, you know, Shalanda over there told me she was probed by aliens, and that's her alien craft right there parked on top of the building. Really? And who's going to believe you? Just the nutters. And we don't need the nutters. One of the reasons you can't get funded in this field is because the nutters rule the field. Or, or non-professionals rule the field. I mean, there's a lot of groups out there that are just not professional. And just like what we were talking about, you know, I know a lot, I got a lot of friends over at MUFON. I got a lot of enemies over at MUFON. Um, the problem with them is, is they're just, they're not interested in the truth. I've never even heard this new director. I haven't even seen him on TV or heard him speaking anywhere. Last I heard MUFON was in decline, not on the upward. So I'm sure you can look it up. Um, all you got to look up is their 5013C and I'll tell you exactly how many members they have. When you're a 501c3, you have to make that public. It's required by law. Yes. You can't lie about it either. Because if you say you got more than you are, you got to pay more money. Yes. Yeah, so I'm just, you know, it's just the way it works. What do you mean, Reese? Uh, you mean, why well, don't know about that? Well, I own my own businesses. And ICAR was going to be a 5013c. And then I forgot what happened, but. Google and all of them just surrendered all their information. The only one to put up a fight, by the way, was Yahoo. I, f I forgot it was some kind of government thing. 
And I realized as a 5013C, they can come in and look at my information anytime they want. By law, they can audit the books anytime they want to. They can look at the donors. They can look at the members. They can look at everything. But as a private research organization, that is not the way that shit works. You will have to come in and you have to go to see a judge and get a reason why you want to come into our businesses. And it better be a damn good one because, you know, they got lawyers. They're going to sue you. They got a couple of pro bono, pro bono lawyers on staff. So you can't just go around bullying businesses because it might get into the press. So in, in a research organization that's been around for 40 years, you're going to start picking on them out of the blue for no reason when they have no ties to anybody that of any consequence. You're going to look bad. Uh, but MUFON's not that organization. MUFON is just the organization of, I want to look pretty because I want it on my resume because I'm a UFO pe person. No, I'm not kidding y'all. So back in the 80s and 90s, especially in the 90s and early 2000s, I met a lot of people, lawyers and doctors and stuff, that wanted to be MUFON directors just so they could say they were involved in chasing UFOs. No other reason. And they didn't actually actively do anything. Well, think about it. MUFONs like us, they had directors all over the place. It really hasn't changed the game as it has, and not as far as flying saucers go. What do you mean? What do you think we've done? We've changed. ICAR changed ufology in a way that can never go back. Abduction research and contactee research is changed because of them in such a way that no one can ever change it back. And it doesn't matter who wants to take credit for it or not. It is deep in the field now. The terminology is, the research is, the data is. There's no getting away from that anymore. Yeah, it's just not. Yes, and thank you, Clara. We were part of getting that going. Nice for somebody to say thanks every once in a while. Oh, I get aggravated because, you know, look, I got a big ego and I do a lot of radio and TV. So it's not like it's beating me up or anything or it's going to hurt hurt my own personal standings. Anytime ICAR doesn't get the credit, all those research people, and some of them have passed on now, don't get the credit. That's what pisses me off. No, it doesn't matter if I get the credit. I'm a spokesperson anyway. Good or bad, I'm going to get credit any way it goes. They do not get the credit they deserve for the research they've done. Anytime someone steals a piece of data or claims it as their own, all these people that have been working on these projects for 10, 20, 30, 40 years don't get the credit deserved to them. And it just pisses me off. A lot of hard work went into what, what we know these days. And we know a lot. We know a lot. I mean, when I say we know a lot, we know a lot. Uh, it's scary how much we know about it. It really is. Um, you mean how much the government knows? The government don't. That's a problem for the government. The government's kind of screwed in the fact that contactees won't tell them Jack. And the aliens won't tell them Jack. So there, there, there's much hearsay. They don't have this big flowing relationship with extraterrestrials that I don't know who wants you to believe. Stephen Greer, maybe. I don't know. Somebody out there in the field wants you to believe that the government has all this knowledge. If it did, it would not be begging the populace for knowledge. They would still keep a tight lip. If the government really knew why the aliens were here, what they were doing, why they were taking their citizens, there would have been no reason to, no reason to make it public to us. They would, they would just shut this down as usual. Y'all are crazy. It's not real. It's fake. There's no evidence to suggest extraterrestrial life exists. Even though we're found in exoplanets every day, there's still no reason to believe extra. Yes, extraterrestrials exist. You see, I used the word believe there. Yes. Well, because for me, it's when it comes to this research, this isn't about religion. So when it comes to me personally, 
It's more about knowing. So for me, you've either seen it, experienced, or you've seen enough data that you know it's true. Anything other than that is a belief, and there's no reason to believe in extraterrestrials. You can either prove it to yourself or you, you won't. Either way you go, there's no reason to believe. Yes, take it for the facts. Oh, you mean my alien hunter? No, that's not my alien hunter. This is my alien hunter. Yeah, you see Bob right there? Bob knows all about my alien hunter. Look at him. Yes, he does. He knows all about Martha. He said, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> okay, Jack. So, you, oh, wait, you don't think we should meet E.T. with our gun first? It don't work around him anyway, so what does it matter? No, it doesn't. You know how many guns I used to own when I was young? Oh, it was a ridiculous amount of guns. Uh, when, my, when, I, when my wife had my son, I got I sold all but like two of them. Nah, I just didn't want them in the house. I had a lot of weapons. so uh, No, I, I still own a couple of guns, but not near as many. No, but no, I keep that not for the aliens. I keep that for the idiots. Because uh, some of the places we go, you never know what you're going to run into. Not that you might not run into an alligator or a panther or a black bear or something like that. There's always the possibility of that or a snake or something. But you never know what kind of crazy deliverance idiot you might run into way back in the swamp somewhere. No, on one of these places we go. So it's always good to have protection. And since people already think I'm crazy, a crazy man with a gun, it's never a good combination. I know. Um, yes, we are going to be giving away Obi-Wans in a little while. Mm-hmm. Probably in about 20 minutes. As far as this goes, let me let me let me see if I can pull one down right quick. So we're giving away two of these tonight. Let me get my fat fingers out the way so you can see it. Ooh. Oh, yes, I am coming for you. What is this? On steroids. Oh, um, no, his name went right out of my damn head. What's the guy with the long pointy fingers? Yes, it's that on steroids. Oh, maybe it is. But anyway, we're going to be giving away, we're going to be giving away two two fears. Um, no, we're actually going to give away two of those, and then we're giving away. Hold on. Uh, let me get them. Uh, well, let me get them. Yeah, that thing I Okay, here we go. Oh, man, that's it. Let's get some wires out the way. So, this, now you're going to, we're giving away sets of threes of these. Two of these, we're giving away these in sets of threes tonight. This is Right Is It a Future Edition 36. There's, it's an anthology. There's 12 stories in there. Oh, there might be 14. Some of them have more. Uh, great stories, a lot of fun. Uh, they would, would be considered mm, PG 17, I guess. Um, no, it's not really heavy sex or. Stuff like that, but they're really good. A lot of them are really good. This is, this is, um, hold on, this is 37. The reason that covers a similar is because they themed this out because 36 and 37 was held at the same time because of COVID. Both books came out the same year. I was actually there for it. And uh, there's a lot of good stories in this one. And this is the last one, which is three stories in there I particularly like. Um, I kind of fell in love with on the airplane. And uh, this is 38. This is from this year. Now, uh, 39 is done. The winners have all been picked. The gala will be in April, and they've already on edition 40 now. Uh, 
So, but anyway, we're going to be giving away three of these tonight, or actually six of them, two sets of three, and and two of the fear books. Do you know what, Don? Let me see if I got any left. Um, there you go. CD. I know, CD, huh? Who's got a CD player anymore? Anybody's got a computer, I guess. CD but um, so we're gonna. We'll, I'll, I'll give away one of the. I'll give one of the audio ones away, and one of the books away. How's that? For the fear. So we're gonna take. We're gonna take email fifteen and email twenty, and this is gonna be icarcox.net. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's for the books. Well, I haven't given a question yet, Smarty Pants. Oh, I'm telling you, boy, we got some crazies up in the chat room tonight. In the other chat, wherever y'all hell y'all are. Well, I'm going to give y'all an easy one. Each year, uh, Writers of the Future has a gala event. So this is a two-part answer. What city is the gala event held in? Okay. Y'all got that? What, 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 what city is the gala event held in? And who sponsors the event? Yes. 15 and 20. Whoever the whoever the first one for fifteen is with the right answers will get it in twenty. Well, if you don't, it'll just go past. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll announce them in a little. I'll give you all some time. I yeah. I, well, I haven't even opened the secondary email up yet. I only got the first one right now. I'm, I'm reading off my messenger. Yeah, I've got my messenger open. Well, messenger for um, Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, well, I have them all stuck together into one messenger. It's, well, I don't even know how I got the two together. So originally it asked me, do you want to put your Instagram and your um, Facebook together? I said, yes. And a couple weeks later, it says, would you like to merge these pages? And it was four pages. I'm like, sure. So I merged the four pages. So now four of my pages, two Instagrams and two Facebooks go to all one messenger. Actually, it's kind of nice. Yeah, I haven't been able to get my um, my long hair, my very my second Facebook uh, personal page. It won't let me do that one for some reason, but all the rest of them are cool. No, we still ain't got time. I even opened an email up to look yet. Calm down, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, you mean about the shows? Um, the best thing to do, you, you can email me at icarcox.net or you can jump over to the Outer Realms uh, main page. And just send it to Michelle DeRocha. Either way, it doesn't matter. You can send it here or you should send it there. I'm, I mean, I'm just going to forward it to Michelle anyway. So that's why I said you could send it to her. Yeah, well, she's that's what she does. I don't have no idea, man. Well, no, my email's open now. Yeah. So y'all can start sending them in if you haven't already sent them in. Anyway, I keep getting sidetracked with this stuff, so let's get this out of the way and get back over to here. Yeah, we'll get through some questions real quick. You mean... Uh, Jesse, to be honest with you. Um, so, let, let, me, let, me, let me do this a different way. So, let's say... Let's say... The government knew everything. They knew why the aliens were here. They knew why the aliens were visiting... They knew everything about us. Okay. So 
if they were going to come forward, why wouldn't they just come out and tell us all instead of this bullshit and show us some half-assed videos that eh, it might be something, might be a drone, might be something else. Why not show us something good? I mean, if that's the best footage the government's got, they're in deep shit, don't you think? I mean, there's way better footage out there floating around on the internet. There's authenticated footage better than that floating around. Hell, we've got a video taken from Eglin Air Force Base of a saucer land, and it's still posted on the alienenigma.org. It's .org and .com site. Yeah, you can still find it there. Yeah. We, we posted the pictures there. It, so why would they do that? What, what, what do they have to gain by doing that? What they have to gain by doing that is somebody with some really good pictures or some abductees with some really good information may come forward to help them out feeling like they need to do their duty, their due due diligence. Man, I am just tongue-tied, like, unbelievable tonight. Uh, Yeah, I don't know what that is. Uh, Let me do this. Let me do this. Okay, sorry. Well, I don't know why why else would the government do it. There's no reason for them to, to tell us anything. No reason to show us anything. What you think they wanted to be? Oh, good. The King government was showing us stuff, or the French government was showing us stuff, and we didn't. We didn't want to be left out. You know that's bullshit. Donald Trump said he wanted to show you stuff. Bill Clinton said he wanted to show you stuff. Ronald Reagan said he wanted to make friends with the aliens or blow them up, whichever came first. But still, we don't know anything, do we? Tell me, tell me what you learned from this congressional meeting. I'm, I, I want to know what you learned. Tell me what it is that you learned. Tell me why this should be anything. Why should we even be talking about it? The media is not talking about it. The media is talking about Donald Trump. So let me get this straight. The government comes out and says, oh, we think aliens may be real. But the media goes on and talks about Donald Trump. And screw the aliens. So what's more dangerous to us, Donald Trump or the extraterrestrials? Hmm. Smart ass. I knew you were going to type. I knew somebody in the chat was going to type Trump. Yeah, you better hope Trump never gets hold of one of them sauces. He'd be emperor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so would Joe Biden if he got hold of one of them. Well, I don't know what's going to happen, but there's no reason for the government to do what they did. The government is not here for good good means. They're here for really wanting to screw with us. They're wanting to get their hands on some real contactees or some some real people. Because let me tell you something. People who see UFOs are contactees or abductees. Yes. And, and, and people tell me, oh, that's not true. Anybody can see a UFO. No, that's bullshit. Do you realize there are 8 billion people on this planet? 8 billion people on this planet. Okay. There's UFOs flying all over the place. Why is nobody seeing them but people who have been taken? And a lot of people, just because they don't know they've been taken, doesn't mean they haven't been. UFOs, when people see UFOs, it's one or two things. They're either being taken or put back. That's what it's for. It's a reminder to help kick your memories off, to help you to try to adjust. Because sometimes on the ships or at the places you are, sometimes you might have been taken enough that you may may have started. You're not scared anymore. Uh, You may have an interest in what they're doing. You may actually be telepathically talking with them when you're on board the craft. So they see that you may be someone that might become a communicator or something else involved with them, you know, become one of the, anyway, there's several programs you can get involved with the aliens with, and they may see that in you. So then they allow you to remember that it's like, 
in the old days, people used to see deer and owl and stuff like that and thought they were cover memories. They're not. They're trigger memories. Just as what a UFO is, it's a trigger memory. It's a memory that helps you to realize that something just happened to you and you need to work it out. That's what they are. They're trigger memories. We were wrong. It was one of the first things I caught corrected. We, we had said we were. We realized about 10 years in, we were wrong. These were not cover memories. These were trigger memories. Oh, the field still today calls them cover memories. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're just, they don't want the truth. They don't want to be part of the truth. They don't want to help anybody. It's all about, you know, is my book going to sell? Am I going to get to go on TV? Oh, you mean TV? If I sell out, I could be on TV every day. I've been offered many gigs about uh, doing abduction reenactments that are less than uh, accurate. And I don't know why they think they need to mess with them because they're scary enough on their own. If the reenactments are done, there's no reason to ever screw with someone's experience. Oh, you mean the the peace, love, and light experience as well. That's a whole different thing, and that's not what the the people are interested in. No, no, no. Maybe people on Gaia TV might go for that, though. You might be able to sell that to Gaia, but everywhere else, that's not what they're looking for. They want want fear. They want to scare you. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, That's what they want to do. It's not just with the aliens. They're always trying to scare us. <laughs> it's uh, it's you get off my sabers. Uh, you mean this one? Hold on, oh, one more time. Yeah, I'm going to go check the questions in a minute. This one uh, was given to me when I was at Fan X in Salt Lake City as part of the advertisement promotions for the network with the other ones that were given away. Yes, it is badass. It's got the fighting stick on it so I can whack people with it and shit. Yes. I didn't even know that, you know, there's whole fighting clubs for these things, man. You can get out there and have a field day with this stuff. Oh, yeah, man. We're ready for when, when see, Darth Vader comes here. He's going to wish he didn't. Everybody and their mom are going to have a lightsaber trying to probe him. <laughs> Y'all think I'm kidding. It's true. You know, it used to crack me up. And I used to say this to my friends in the 90s. I said, one day America is going to become a country that everything is done by remote control and through gaming consoles and stuff like that. And I said, the U.S. has been playing games nonstop since the 70s. And here we are in 2022 with some of the most advanced games in the world. So when you go to like one of the Air Force or Navy's drone places, you do a survey with these people. Every one of these kids were gamers and damn good gamers. So they're going to easily get out there and fly tons of shit around. Well, the world's got a long ways to catch up with the U.S. And remember, Japan's on the United States side, and so is Europe. So even if China does have a bunch of good gamers, it's not going to really help them because they're surrounded by other people. Well, China can't have that many because one billionaire that people still live below poverty level, probably without electricity. And out of the other 400 million, only about 200 million of them live like Americans. Yeah, so... China's just got a long ways to go. I'm not anti-China. I just, I just, I'm anti-communist. I think China could be a changing face in the world if it would become a true democracy or a true republic, and become, you know, let the people run the country. No, ours is corrupt, unfortunately. Yes, our country has become corrupt. Not everybody, not every politician. No, not everybody's corrupt. It's just. A lot of them, enough of them to, to make it harder on the rest of us. You have never heard to say absolute power corrupts absolutely. That's what happens. 
And when you let people have the same Congress seat or the same House or Senate seat for decades, you're asking for trouble. And not all of them are going to be bad, but they're going to be enough. Mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton's an extraterrestrial. She might be. She's gotten away with stuff nobody else could get away with. She might be an ET. I don't think so, but you never know. But anyway, getting back to the government, there's no real need for the government to tell us anything. The government's searching here. And I've been saying this for years. The government does not know as much as people think they know. They just don't. They would not need military abductions if they did. So when you milab somebody, which milabs are fairly common amongst abductees, um, why would you do that? If you knew already how one of their ships worked and what type of engines they worked and what you can expect when you go on board or what kind of atmospheres they have, any of this stuff, you know, if you would just ask the aliens. Obviously, they can't. Obviously, they do not have this kind of relationship with the extraterrestrials that are visiting our planet. I don't think our extra- extraterrestrials trust them even a little bit to do anything. I think they know they're after technology you know, and and. Well, it's like Roswell. You know, people always give me shit about Roswell because I changed Roswell just like I changed Betty and Barney Hill. You know, I was told that Roswell was a dual crash site. There was the one at Mac Basil's Ranch, and then there was the one in Corona. So it was one in Roswell, one in Corona. Um, the first report I heard, heard in Corona was by a, a lieutenant colonel who was telling me and a friend of mine who's passed away about this particular event with these Cub Scouts. So it was a, the scout leader and two kids. It's probably dad and his two kids. Or a kid and his friend. But anyway, they were hiking through these mountains in Corona and stumbled across a large intact spacecraft. Um, you know, he, he described it as probably a football field, maybe a football field and a half long and at least a half wide and at least that thick. It was big. And outside of the spacecraft, there was five bodies that almost looked like they, he said they were human shaped like us, about the same height and all, but they looked kind of like they had started to melt. Uh, that's, that's his words. So now we know earlier, same day, just a little few minutes earlier, a ship came down to Mac Brazel's ranch and broke into pieces. Now that could not be a deep space craft. Deep space craft are not going to break up one impact. They're either going to explode into nothing or they're just going to wedge yourself in the ground or skim along like an asteroid or, or meteor does. They're not going to break up. So but, but ha- unless it's like shit like ours, ours would break up. But anything that can travel through interstellar space and anywhere near the speeds of light is not going to break up an impact. That means they can take micrometeors, can hit their craft at speeds close to light speed or faster and take no damage. So nothing on our planet is going to withstand that. I mean, there's nothing that, that dense on planet Earth. So they're just going to right into the ground how many of feet it takes them to stop. Um, but an exp- an exp- uh, like, a, um, like a shuttle or maybe an escape craft, they won't be that rough and tumble. They could break up on impact and probably would if they're at the right speed. So what you see is this craft that came down in Corona with these other dead people. And then you see, uh, I think they said three or four alien greys were found at this craft. It sounds like the the greys ejected and the human stayed on board the ship until it crashed. Uh, so it also sounds a lot like a ship that we supposedly recovered from the Nazis. Uh, so we recovered this ship. They were, they were on board, just guiding us in the way they use it and fly it. And we crashed it. They didn't crash it. We crashed it. Cause let's be honest. Any ship that can try to through interstellar space is not going to be brought down by radar. 
There ain't no chicken tell that's going to happen. There ain't no missiles or nuclear weapons we have that are going to take it down. I mean, shit, they sat over one of our nuclear silos. They, we've shot missiles at them, and it's done nothing to them. We've shot machine guns at them, and it's done nothing to them. So nothing they had in World War II or after World War II was going to bring down an advanced extraterrestrial spacecraft. That's bullshit. And anybody who believes that is just lying to their cells. Yeah, if it was a if it was an escape if it was an escape craft or maybe a shuttle coming down, yeah, maybe one of our missiles or even lightning might take down one of those. But it's not going to take down an interstellar craft, and that's what they were trying to say this thing was—a deep space craft. So that suggests that the other crash site was where the the UFO went down, and the first crash site was where um, the space the the um, I keep wanting to say shuttle, but the the escape craft came down. Knowing that changes the whole way you look at Roswell. And then the Roswell Journal, I think that's what it was called at the time, put out three pictures. And I only ever saw these twice in my entire life. Uh, once when I was 15 and uh, once I think I was close to 30. And, um, and that was at a conference somewhere. So what they were, and this is in the, it was in the original newspaper clippings. So there was a picture of what looked to be fiber optics. I can't really describe it as anything else because it really looked like fiber optics. I mean, I've worked with enough fiber optics to know that, you know, it looked just like it. The next one was a picture of what we would consider a microchip that we use today, actually quite a bit smaller than the microchips we use today, but a microchip that we would use today, or something along those lines. And the other one looked just like flexible aircraft aluminum, which we have in a lot of our supersonic jets. Um, but none of this stuff existed in the 50s. None of it. So where'd these pictures come from and what was this stuff? So we may have recovered stuff from the, the escape craft uh, to help us move along, but it makes sense to me. The Greys were not going to let us keep a ship that would have advanced weapons on it or advanced space drives. Just a, a drive that can cross intercontinental space probably is enough to wipe out our planet or a big chunk of it. So they're not going to let us have those kind of things yet. We're not ready for that. But things like, you know, the other things we just talked about, yeah, we're ready for that kind of stuff. We're ready. And, and we, we had to reverse it back. And work it out. So, you know, we use those technologies every day today. So, yeah, maybe that Gray said, okay, well, you know what? That's not technology that will wipe them off the face of the planet. Uh, that's technology will help advance their lives, which for the most part, it's done. Uh, the microchip has changed our world in ways none of us can even imagine or where it's going for that matter. Uh, it's changing our world every day. You mean Elon Musk? I love Elon. Don't be picking on Elon. If I was a government, I heard a government today talking about wanting to pick on Elon. Elon has a much bigger following than any politician in this country. I would be careful picking on Elon and his 120 million followers in the United States. Um, yeah, all together, I think the man's got over 200 something million followers across this page. I, I would leave him alone. You, if you're a politician, this is not going to bode well for you. Um, he's not in here to help. He's in here to help us. And if you don't want him helping us, then get out of it. Elon actually wants to help the population. Yeah, he wants to become the Mars. Okay, the, Elon freaks me out because now I've said this on the radio a million times. So I'm listening to Elon talk. And he's talking about Mars and going to live on Mars and, and his colony or his colony on Mars, his words, not mine. And anyway, he's talking about Mars and how great it's going to be and how everything's going to be so great there and blah, 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 blah. And every time he gets into this, I instantly start thinking about um, Moonraker. I don't know how many of y'all ever seen the James Bond movie Moonraker. And the guy who built it, you know, he's like Hitler, 
who builds this this place on the moon with all these gorgeous, good-looking people. And every time I hear him say this, I instantly think of this guy going, now, Elon, are you going to go to Mars and cut Earth off? Uh, are you going to hate Earthers and, and you know build your own image, your own world and your own image? Those things scare me a little bit. You can't, you know, sometimes your ego takes over. Well, he's brilliant. I mean, a man is brilliant. Do you know he's launched more satellites in space and uh, more things in space in the last five years and NASA has in its entire existence? For that matter, I'm pretty sure within another year, he will have launched more things in space than everyone on the planet combined since we started launching shit into space. Yes, I, in the end, he's going to have something like 15,000 um, of those Starlink satellites up there. Uh, he's just launching every day. And he's the only one I've ever seen launch consistently, sometimes two in one day, three or four in a week. NASA can't do that. NASA can't even get one rocket off the ground in six months. Come on, give me a break. But this guy just launched them like they're nothing. Nobody else can do this either. Russia's tried. China's tried. Shit, if China could get him over there, they'd bring him over there tomorrow. He's like the new Werner, Werner von Braun. Yes, he is like the new von Braun. I think part of him wants to complete von Braun's mission. Most people don't know this, but Werner von Braun was never wanting to help Hitler conquer the world. Werner von Braun wanted to go to the moon and to Mars. His, his goal was to go to Mars and establish a colony on Mars. This is Elon's goal as well. And so when we built the ship to go to, to the moon, this ship was actually supposed to be designed to go to Mars. Just it was going to be on a, on a larger scale, but uh, you know, this is where he wanted to go. And, but after what, uh, what we went seven times, eight times to the moon, was it Apollo 17 or Apollo 18? I forget. I think it was Apollo 17 was the last one. So Apollo 11 to Apollo 17, so six times we went to the moon. Um, that's it. Now, you do know, in case you all know this, 18, 19, and 20 were paid for. They were already paid for, and we still didn't go. Yeah, it wasn't costing the taxpayers anything. We, we, it was already paid for. Um, but at, by this time, um, Neil Armstrong had come out and said that he had met extraterrestrials on the moon and they told us to stay the hell off the moon or off the backside of the moon anyway. You mean, do I believe Neil? I met Neil once, didn't talk to him about this. Um, seemed like an honorable guy. I did meet the reporter in um, Washington, D.C. at the second X conference I attended at the press club. Uh, Stephen Vassett introduced me to him. And um, he seemed like he had his stuff together. I mean, I, when I found out who he was and researched him and everything, there weren't anything about him, you know, saying lies or bad stories or making up stuff. He said he didn't even want to come public with it because he didn't want to hurt Neil's career as a senator. Yeah, no, I know. It always bothers me, NASA. It's always bothered me. So we train astronauts to go into space and look for E.T., what we do they find et we don't want to hear about it i know i don't get it either so we <laughs> we find how many do you know how many astronauts said they saw something in space almost all the mercury gemini and apollo astronauts said they saw something in space quite a few of the astronauts on board the shuttles also said that and then the russians have also said that on their old space station and their missions as well yes so you've got more than a hundred astronauts at least that have seen something in space that is not from here 
but for some reason we don't want to talk about it because we don't know what it is. We don't know where it's from. We're scared of it. Like we're scared of everything we don't understand. Well, it's always good to be cautious with things you don't understand, but you don't necessarily have to be scared of everything. Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, for the lightsabers, we haven't done the question for the lightsabers yet. It's uh, the, the ones we've done for the um, the books was about Elrond. Oh, I almost gave it away. About what city that the gala event is held in every year. I should have said what city a month, but what city is the event held in every year? And who sponsors it? Who sponsors the event? That's all I'm asking. But you got to know both questions to get the books. Yes, that's for the fear book. Well, that's for the fear book and the CD. Um we're going to give away these in just a few minutes. And at the end of the show, we'll probably give away the lightsabers. We'll give away at least one lightsaber tonight. Yes. I am not your father, Osholio. Uh, I'm just saying, I'm not. I am not your father, Osholio. What can I tell you? I guess the real question is, E.T.'s been here a long time. Why haven't they come forward? Why haven't they come in the public? It seems like in the early times, in the Sumerians and the Egyptian times, and even in some of the Mesoamerican times, they seem to intermix with our populations. But really, I can't find anything after about 1,600 years ago. So in Europe and in the Middle East, it seemed like all interactions stopped, open interactions stopped uh, with the beginning of Christianity or when Christ was born. Um, that seems to be when most of that stopped. That's when the reptilians went from being praised and happy and being the bearers of life to being the enemy because the serpent got us kicked out of the garden even. But in the Mesoamerican world, which was still active at this time, because it goes back 3,000 years, was also active at this time. But somewhere around 1,500 years ago, it just stopped. The reptilians became all the evilness all around the all around our planet anyway, even though they're supposed to be an agrarian society, they they just I guess because of the way they looked, and then the the new way came into being. Uh, Christianity, whatever you want to call it. Well uh, Muslims and Jews and all are yeah, they're pre two thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. Christianity started after that. Muslim religion, the Jewish religions were already around. Yeah, Christianity was the new kid on the block. But you got to wonder, you know, what was it that instantly threw the reptilians into being the evil? Uh, and what also cracks me up is how many um, stories there are of the Ark and of Adam and Eve. What I mean by Adam and Eve, the creators, um, a lot of people. So in Eve's case, she she took a bite from what? The apple of knowledge. It wasn't the evil apple. Remember this. Y'all got to remember your training or your schooling. The apple itself was never evil. It was the apple of knowledge. And she became self-aware. It was the first thing she did. She went and put some clothes on her naked ass. She realized she was naked in front of the serpent. She said, whoa, 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 what you looking at, serpent boy? And she went and put some clothes on. Um, because they had become self-aware. And the reason I bring this up, according to the Sumerians and the Egyptians and a few other races, there was a race of beings on this planet like ourselves that were, um, well, they weren't sentient like we are. 
they were a slave race for the for, and they were a bred slave race. So they didn't know that they weren't supposed to be a slave race. Uh, that's just what they were. They were a bred slave race. They were here to help the human type aliens and the colonizing or do whatever the hell they were doing with the planet at the time. Um, the reptilians interbred with them and created mostly created a society that's here today. You don't have to take my word on every human on this planet has a reptilian section in their brain. I don't care. My good Christian friends, guess what? The reptilian is inside of you. And that's a science fact. Sorry. <sighs> but my reptilian friends get so mad. There ain't no reptilian in me. I mean, my Christian friends. There's no, I said, you know, yes, there is. Without it, you wouldn't even be able to tell me there wasn't any. It's what makes you the person you are, man. It's what gives you the, the awareness around you. It's not, it doesn't make you evil. It makes you aware. It's a difference. You're, you, if you want to be evil, that's your choice. But uh, having the reptilian section in your brain is not does not make you evil. It makes you aware. It helps you to want to get involved in the world. And it doesn't necessarily make you more aggressive, but it does make you more active and, and more wanting to be involved in stuff. It's science fact, people. Sorry, don't get mad at me. Um Yes, but anyway, the reason I bring that up is because the Sumerians talk about this slave race, and then they talk about these reptilians that used to come in and rape and steal the women and bring the women back, and the women would bear children, and the children were born differently. And I say this all the time. The first time I heard these stories, I thought they meant the children were deformed, like part reptilian or something, but that's not what they meant. The children were more aggressive. They were, they were more challenging. They asked questions. Well, why do I have to plow? Why can't you plow the field? Why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do that? I mean, they sound like every kid we have today. Why I got to do anything? Um, that was the start of the species that's here on the planet today. Somewhere along the line, the greys got their DNA involved too. But um, our original ancestors are probably some monkey and uh, the humans and reptilians. It's probably the original ancestry. of It's one of the reasons they're not going to ever find alien DNA because it's already inside of us. We're already part of that race. Yeah, so it's going to be hard to say. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's it's a different kind of thing. Well, it's like the blood type thing. You know, when we started the blood type study, what is this, 2022? So it's uh, 2205, yeah, so what is that, 17 years? Um, when we started this, we didn't know what we were going to find. We, we honestly did not expect to find what we found. We did not think there would be a preference of any blood type. We thought it would be broke up across the world like all blood types are. And uh, we were wrong. They particularly like RH negative by a big difference. I mean, this not just this study. Almost every study conducted, with the exception of one that I've heard of, uh, says that RH negative is the preferred blood. That aliens, you know, the majority of contactees are RH negative. Which is weird because RH negative is a minority on the planet at only 15%. And, you know, green and blue eyes are also a minority on the planet. Half the contactees have green and blue eyes. But, you know, when I was a kid, green and blue eyes were only 2% of the world's population. Today, I think it's 12 or 14%. So it's grown considerably. But somehow, another RH negative has stayed right at that 15% mark. Hmm, Got to wonder about that. Um, RH negative people are different. They have different types of personality. They're just different. And they are not, they do not share a common ancestry with the Reese's monkey like RH positive people do. What's that about? Why don't they? Why are they that much different? Also, O negative is the universal donor. The only blood that can be given to every human on the planet without killing them. 
It's also where the majority of our hemological research comes because it's the poorest, purest form of blood known to man. So out of the blue, 35,000 years ago, Rh negative showed up on the scene uh, as a blood that could kill babies and, and, and create all kind of havoc, but yet still somehow ended up being the universal donor and the purest form of blood we have. Doesn't sound like, it doesn't sound like, no, it does not sound like Gaia put it here to me. Because I don't think Mother Earth would have put a baby killer on the planet. Well, until just recently, I mean, what, 20 or 30 years ago, you had to get a blood test to get married in this country because Rh negative and Rh positive could kill a baby, could be stillborn or worse. Yes, because the Rh positive would go after the Rh negative and it would cause all kind of havoc. It wasn't until, I forgot who found it, it was the antigenogen D gene, I think it was found in Australia, some gentleman in Australia, that became something they could give shots to for, and bam, you could go ahead and have the baby. It's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So we had to invent something to save those babies. But when Mother Nature did this, it was killing babies. So then you have to wonder. So somehow this baby killer still managed to make 15% of the world's population in 35,000 years. So in 70,000, is it going to be 30% or maybe 45%, maybe 50%? And what's going to happen? Are we going to turn into a different species? I mean, obviously there is some difference between RH positive and RH negative. Um, personalities, all sorts of different things. Is this RH positive's replacement? Is this what's going on? Maybe that's why the government's interested. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter to any of us alive right now. No. This is all stuff that will take place over the next 200,000 years. I mean, it's, it's going on now, but it'll, it'll take that long to come to fruition. Fruition, yeah. Oh, you mean the other three? Yeah. Okay. So we do have the two winners now for the fear book, and I will announce them in a few minutes. So now we're going to give away the three L. Ron Hubbard books, uh, which is 36, 37, and 38. So you know, two people will get three copies of them. Well, I got lots of books. I'll be giving away books all the way until January 1st. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, because we want you to be happy. We, we want you. So we know we just gave away this one. We just gave away this one, a book and an audio copy. And so those will be going out tomorrow. And then we gave, we're giving away uh, Writers of the Futures, uh, winners of 36, 37, 38. So there's 40 stories there. Uh, there's 40. So you're getting three books with 40 stories. You can read and read, read, read to the grandkids. You can read to the kids. You can read to the spouse. You read the wife, the husband, the husband, the wife, the wife, the wife, the husband, the husband, whatever. It doesn't matter. You read whoever the hell you want to. Or you can let them read it themselves. Yes. So this is an easy question. Um, I have a friend who has a radio show on this network. I want to know the name of the show and the name of my friend. Okay, for 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 email thirty, actually for email one and email thirty. Yes, I want to know. I want to know the name of my friend, and, and y'all have heard me talk with him many times on this network. Matter of fact, he'll be joining us uh, this Friday, uh, this Wednesday, and next Friday for the parade, and uh, we're going to be advertising the parade in uh, L.A. 
So anyway, so that's enough about all of that. No. Oh, you mean the other one? The city was Los Angeles. That was where the gala is held. And the sponsor is L. Ron Hubbard, Writers of the Future. Yes, you needed both. And they got the answers. And uh, hold on. Let me find out. Let me find a pen before I tell y'all so I can make sure I write it down. Okay. All right. So the first winner is from Washington, D.C. Well, hello, Washington, D.C. How are you? Lewis Jones. Wow, you got a normal name in a normal city. That's the first in like this whole year giving away. We've had some weird names in some weird places, man. I mean, we've, I think three of the six lightsabers have gone to other countries. Yeah, I know, huh? Yes. So Lewis, Lewis Jones, Washington, D.C., uh, winner of it's you get the choice. So if you write in right now, you can get the book or the CD. Mm-hmm. Because you were the first winner. I know that's mean on my part. The second winner is from Buffalo, New York. Oh, East Coast is today. And it is. Well, your first name Serena. I know that. I'm not sure what that second name is. It looks like Con Constarosta. 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 Caserosta. Because it looks, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably butchering your name. I apologize if I am. But anyway, you've won the second one. So when Lewis sends up, oh, he's already has, so he's good. So you'll be getting a audio CD because he took the book. So they'll, they'll be going out tomorrow. So y'all should get them in like two or three days. So uh, thanks for participating. And I'm glad to see people winning. I'm glad to see our some of our U.S. citizens winning for a while. Damn, y'all are writing in for them books fast, huh? So one's already in. Damn, you, you already rolled in. 30 didn't get it right. So we got to wait for the first person to get it right after 30. Yes, I know. I will show the lightsaber in just a few minutes, yes. But, um, I, I, well, we only got X amount of time left, people. And uh, we got things going on. So to answer a question I was asked earlier tonight, what can you do to help the government with extraterrestrial? Well, you can do your research. Find out where ET shows up. Find out regular visitation places. Listen to people who have been contacted on a regular basis. But, you know, don't always believe everything you hear, okay? I'm just being honest. Don't always believe everything you hear. Oh, I can tell you what you want to know what the question is going to be for the lightsabers tonight. I'm not going to tell you what uh, email it is yet, but I'll tell you how much did George Lucas get paid for Star Wars when he sold it to Disney? Uh huh. Oh, yeah, I'm going to look it up on the line, but you still don't know who's going to get it yet. You don't even know which one it is. Yeah, I'll pull it up in a minute. Mm hmm. Uh, boy, look at the emails. Yeah, y'all done got crazy up in here tonight. No, I, I love to see people uh, responding. Oh, before we get into anything else, don't forget we will be having show spots opening up on the network. Um, starting January 4th, we will have daytime slots opening up uh, Monday through Friday. We do have a couple of evening slots, but um, you would have to get hold to Michelle DeRoche because she is working on filling those fast. So, so that's who you need to get in touch with, not me. Because uh, it's going to, in the end, it's going to be her decision. I mean, I'll, I'm going to have to approve whatever it is, but it's her decision. And as long as they're not like some babbling idiot, uh, you know, they'll probably get the job. So <laughs> if I was y'all, I would write to her and tell her if you have a show idea or something. And we do do, uh, so y'all know this, we do do, we, we mentor shows. What I mean by that is we bring shows on 
the network, people who have ten, like, here's one for you. There's a show on Monday called uh, The Missing Piece with Trish Mo. She's she's a personal project of Michelle DeRoche's and mine. Uh, she's a good host. She's got talent. Uh, she's just learning the ropes on how to be a really good, hopefully before the end of the year or beginning of next year, a one million uh, live audience host. So, um, but we do do that. I mean, if you if you've got talent or you got an idea uh, and you want to you know let us know. And yes, Jimmy, there are paid shows. You can get on the network for paying for your time slot. Um, and that's a whole different thing. Paid slots get all kind of stuff that, yeah, well, they get produced. Uh, they get website attention. They get a lot of stuff. So they also get sponsored. And they get to be sponsored on Google as well, where some of our advertising is done. So all of that stuff comes out to help you in a big way. Uh, yes, hold on. Let me pull that up. I know we're running short on time, so let me grab. I don't want Michelle firing me, man. Shh, I got to behave. Oh, we're glad y'all are saying the House won the Rep Republicans. Whatever. I don't really care right now. <laughs> well, I don't. Well, I'd rather see them get it than the Democrats, to be honest with you. But um, I'm not a Republican. And I'm not a Democrat. I'm not, guys. I'm sorry. I'm just not. I. I... What are you talking about? Um. Oh, you'd have to ask him about that. I really don't know. I really don't. It's not something I know about. Well, no, I'm going to put Obi-Wan's up in a second. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you can get them in different colors. I mean, the wands in different colors. Obi-Wan's original was red. But some of the ones we're looking at, like this one right here, you can actually change colors on it. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. But anyway, I'm going to post it up for y'all to see it uh, in just a second. Hold on. Let me let me see if I can find it. Screen share. There she blows. Okay. This is Obi-Wan's lightsaber. Now, like I said, it's usually red, so you can turn it into red. Um, this is tall. It has the fighting blade on it. You see, it's airplane grade aluminum hilt. All the hilt down here is all aircraft aluminum. Uh, it has 22 sound fonts. Uh, realistic flash and clash, yes. Uh, smooth swing. So, you know, you. Yeah, the blade itself is 36 inches, which is three feet off the hilt, which is about a foot. So, it's about four foot tall. Mm -hmm. Yes, you got a plug. You can plug it in so it's chargeable. Um, some of them battery operate. Do you, you, you want to know how much this thing is regularly? This is what you're getting if you win this tonight. So if you win this tonight, this is 400 regular, 899, 455. Now all together, we've given away about $2,000 plus in lightsabers. So the people who are doing this are great. Um, no, we don't, we don't plug them. They, when you get your saber, they do all the plugging. Yeah. It's, it's the way it's set up. Yes, it's it's their form of advertisement with us. It's a really good deal. They've actually sold 
at this point, when I talked to them two days ago, they have sold three times as many as they've given away. So they're happy. They've plus paid what, what they're giving us plus. So, well, this is going to be a regular thing. Yeah, we were just going to do the six, but it looks like we're going to probably start giving away one or two a month from now on. They're happy with their advertising. I'm happy with them. Yeah, it's good, it's good for business all the way around. But anyway, that's the one we're going to be giving away. Do y'all remember what the question was? How much did George Lucas sell Star Wars for to Disney? I'll, I'll even give y'all who it was sold to, to Disney. Ah, come on. First one. Who's first one? Look, no first one got it yet. Come on. People, all you got to do is look it up on the internet. Shame on y'all. <clears throat> Here's another version of it right here. This is just another <clears throat> website. I just got it up there. Yeah, well, different websites have them different. There are different prices on different places, but um, you got to be careful with the hilt. Some of them are quite sharp. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And no, you can't text me, Josh. <laughs> Chad. Chad and Josh are friends of mine from New Orleans area. <clears throat> they used to be part of our um, matchup group, meetup group. Sorry. No, because y'all associated to the group or a friend of mine. No, you can't win if you're friends. Look at this one's chinky. 118. Y'all ain't getting no chinky ones. Uh, uh, uh. Who's going to be the first person? Is it gonna, you know, at, what is it, five we're giving away? Four out of the five. No, I'm sorry, three out of five we're giving away having to females. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I know y'all didn't know that, did y'all? <laughs> One of our friends is right back. I guess there ain't no chance. <laughs> Don't be mean to people. First person. First person. Uh, we're just waiting on y'all. Well, we're getting ready to get out of here in a few minutes because coming up next is... yeah. By the way, I will be out of Rome's guest tomorrow night um, if y'all want to come by and uh, and check us out. And uh, We'll probably give away a lightsaber tomorrow night. Yeah, we probably will. We, we were supposed to give one away a couple weeks ago and we forgot. Yes, I know. It's going to be cool. Look at that bad lightsaber. Isn't that so pretty? Look at that. It's nice that they do everything in real real metals, real materials. I like the fact that some of them you can change the colors on. You can change the blades on. Um, I like that they have fighter blades because there's a lot of fighting clubs now for these. Um, You mean me? No, I've never had any formal fencing classes. Uh, well, okay. In the Navy, we learned how to sword fight, but not not like fencing and stuff like that now. Well, because um, the Navy still uses swords. It's still part of their uniforms. Yeah, so there's, there is a class. It's like a week and a half in boot camp. And when I say a week and a half, it's like an hour a day, week and a half. They teach you how to parry and stuff like that. Nothing... Yeah, it was. It was. I, I was laughing when I seen it because you know we've been learning how to shoot rifles and M14s and M16s, 203 grenade launchers, shit like that. And I'm thinking I'm in the Navy. What am I going to use all this for? And then all of a sudden, there was a. Uh, it was. They didn't call it fencing. They called it something else. But it was a class on swordry. I was like, really? I said we have to take it. And they said, yeah, you have to take it. I was like, damn. Hmm. Well, there was a class on how to plug a hole in a ship with cork. I'm not kidding y'all. Um, so laying around shipping all these different lockers, 
There were pieces of cork shaped like cones, anywhere from this big up to like huge. And what they were for was plugging holes on a ship if it sprouted a leak. You shoved it in there and then somebody with a big, these big round uh, wooden things would pound it in. It actually worked. But I don't know how big of a hole you can plug because once the water's moving at a certain speed, I don't know if you can get the damn plug in there. A certain pressure, I should say, not speed. You mean Bob? No, I'm not giving Bob away. Bob's not giving away. And you can't see the picture tonight. So you know, ask me about that. No, no. Bob likes being here. He likes being on television. Yes. I remember when the reptilian put his hand over the grave's head and melted all the flesh off and said, here you go. Yes. So anybody who comes in our room and, and likes to spam our room with like sex stuff, I'm going to send the grades to probe their ass. Oh, yeah. And not in a pleasant way either. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking I'm playing. I'm serious. Um, so oh, oh, we might have our winner, even though it took them. Well, all y'all were close. I mean, y'all, one guy put 4.3, one guy put 4.1, one guy put 5.5. I mean, y'all were all hitting in, in the general vicinity. Yeah, but anyway, we got it now. So, and who is this individual? Uh, Marshall Howe. Wow. Okay, I'm Marshall Howe. Huh? Marsha Howe, sorry. And Marsha Howe, where in the hell are you from? Uh, where are you from, Marsha? Where are you from, Marsha? I don't see. Well, Marsha, you're going to have to tell me where you're from so I can send this to you. Um, yes, you just won Obi-Wan Kenobi's lightsaber, a f regular $900 product. It's yours. It'll, it takes about four or five days to get there because I have to send them the thing in the morning. And then they will mail. Usually takes them twenty four hours, and they ship it out. And it usually takes two or three days to get there. Mm -hmm. So, Marsha, how? Where are you? Where are you from? Okay, I, I don't know. It, it's kind of blurry. Can you just? Uh, oh, maybe it's me. It's kind of blurry. Hold on, let me see. Portsmouth. Where is that? At Connecticut or somewhere? I don't know where the hell Portsmouth is. You're gonna carry the whole. The whole place, man. Come on. Don't be teasing me. Uh, wow. You know where Portsmouth is? I mean, it could be in another country as far as I know. Uh, I know the name sounds familiar, but I, I don't know why it sounds familiar. Uh, well, I, I mean, I've heard of it like in all kind of businesses. and I've heard of like, you know... Yeah, I never heard of it as a city, though. I think somebody's messing. Well, look, if you don't give us the real place to mail it to, you don't get it. So remember that. Uh, you know, if you're scared or something, that's fine. Tell us now. We'll give it to somebody else tonight. Yeah, so just. What is it? Port. Wait, wait, what? Oh, girl, you got to learn how to type. You typing is as bad as mine. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I actually know where, where that is. That's in Virginia. But you had an I, and that's that's an O, so it makes a big difference. Uh, anyway, uh, just make sure you give us all the correct information, uh, and uh, we will send it out to you. Huh? 
It's actually Port's mouth, actually, is what it is, guys and girls. It's just, it was somebody's handwriting is as bad as Joe's is. Yeah. Marsha, you should be ashamed of yourself. Um, and next time, text, you know, a type. You don't have to write it by hand. I don't know why you did it like that. Well, no, I got some friends that like to do that. They like to um, write in their text on their computers. They got little plug-in pads on the side of their computers. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's, you watched for nothing. You got to see my cute self. Um, I know, huh? But we're getting ready to get out of here because coming up next is the Outer Realm, and they are probably starting as we speak, guys and girls. So be sure to check out Michelle and Amelia. Uh, hopefully, Amelia's feeling better. I heard she was feeling bad yesterday, so I hope she's feeling better and at the show tonight. Uh, and I will be their guest tomorrow night, and we will be talking about why do aliens like to probe people named Martha? <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. I'm just kidding, guys and girls. Uh, we'll actually be talking about – no, really – no, no, we'll be talking about alien stuff all night. Probably more about base contacts and stuff like that. But it's up to them. It's their show. They'll ask whatever they feel like asking. Yes, and they're going to be pretty well. We've talked many times over the years. So anyway, guys and girls, on that note, good night and stay tuned for the Outer Realm. See y'all Friday. <laughs>